listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this uh, Wednesday afternoon, and I'm super excited to welcome back on the program Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well, thank you. And I just realised I didn't turn up the audio on the Facebook Live, but don't worry, guys. Um, we are live on Facebook, so um, do join us there if you want to. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Um, so what have you got for us today, Cruzy? Right, well, I'm not to disappoint your Facebook, our Facebook Live audience, um, because we're talking about underwear, but if you do tune in to have a look, I am fully clothed. So <laughs> just, <laughs> just to manage expectations for the radio audience, um, we're talking about underwear. Um, so these are the, the uh, undergarments. Undergarments, um, very I have good. A, yeah, I have a bit of a, um, I guess, I, I, I don't think I've ever acknowledged how prude I was until I started writing this column and realized that I have an inability to say panties. <laughs> it gives me the giggles. I have to say knickers or undies. I can't, I'm sorry. I, I, I might say it because it's in some of my notes, but that word makes me giggle. I can't say panties. What do you say? Do you say panties? No, I don't. I say underwear. And, and I got to say, panties also make, makes me feel a bit sort of strange. I don't know why it is. It does. Why? It just sounds naughtier than knickers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it does. It most certainly <laughs> um, does. For our Facebook uh, listeners, we are uh, talking about uh, underwear, undergarment. I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to get this to work, and it's not really working. I feel like for our radio listeners, they've heard me do the intro about five times now. But just for our... <laughs> do go to the Facebook page, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, or Cruise on Radio 3 is also the page to go to. Uh, join us there, because uh, Cruzy. McCalligan uh, is there to talk about uh, undergarment, boxes, uh, knickers, bras, you name it. Uh, she'll be chatting about it. Take yep, it so away, we're talking Cruz, about underwear, And apparently, yeah, so apparently the average American woman owns approximately 21 pairs of underwear. And 10% of women own over 35 pairs. I feel like that's a lot. I don't have that many pairs. I, I have do quite a Do you have that many pairs of underwear? I do. I have about 30. I'm, I'm, I'm including, I'm including my maternity ones. I don't think I wow, fit. Okay. I don't think I fit in some of the old ones. <laughs> so yeah, I have about thirty pairs, but they're from years and years ago. There's some that are there for special occasions. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it, it's quite an interesting thing. Um, so apparently, um, like what I what I have to say, I found very uncomfortable about researching this column was all the statistics on how many people choose to go to commando quite often. Oh. Um, and there was a lot of quotes from celebrities talking about how they just like Naomi Campbell being like, why should I wear underwear? And I'm like, well, some of us live in a tropical climate. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's been quite an interesting eye-opening experience for me in researching this is that I'm now second guessing every person I walk past. <laughs> um, not that I would judge, but I, I am judging. So that's all right. It apparently um, a survey revealed that only 60% of French men change their underwear daily and only approximately 75% of French women change their underwear daily. Wow. I feel like I want to know who these people are who are not changing their underwear daily, if without good reason, right? Maybe they're going commando most of the time and then they don't, they're not, they're only wearing it for one hour a day. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, true. That they, but that's a good way to stretch it out. I didn't think about that. The economics of laundry. <laughs> um, apparently, 
single people are less likely to change their underwear on a daily basis than married people, 82% versus 88% respectively. Um, and 10% of American women, I don't know why this is so like geographic, but it is. So 10% of American women have confessed to occasionally having gone commando to avoid visible panty lines. So I guess like, I mean, if that's, if you're looking for that, I feel like we've got technology, underwear technology now that can help with that. But otherwise, I guess naturally you just don't have panties. Sorry, I said it. <laughs> don't have knickers. <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a knicker line. Um, but interestingly, um, we we have all these different like underwear's obviously gone through lots of fashions through the the ages, and the history of underwear is pretty fascinating as well because it sounds like it started out being super 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 uncomfortable. So we have in the 1700s, um, people were even more prude than me, and shirts were considered to be part of underwear because they would touch skin, and etiquette rules that only a shirt's collar front and wristbands could be revealed in public. So, I mean, like, imagine a person in the 1700s getting a time traveler from, like, the late 90s with, like, you know, this much boxer short over the top of their jeans sticking out <laughs> and walking down a court. I mean, the people would actually faint, wouldn't they? And they would faint because everyone was wearing corsets and they all had limited lung capacity. So they were already fainting because um, that's the other thing that comes into uh, into into underwear styling was this idea of, of the corsets. corsets yes very tight have, yeah, have you ever tried a corset before Cruz? no i'm i'm a comfort i'm a comfort person i always have been and i always will be nothing and there's actually a statistic on this i found that like it was something like 75 percent of people say that the wrong type of underwear will leave them in a bad mood all day and i'm like yes this is correct I'm you're not wearing statistic, something yes <laughs> yeah, like I've, I'm part of that statistic intensely. I mean, somebody will realize that, you know, I'm being grumpy all day. It's because I put the wrong bra on in the morning, <laughs> you know, so 100% agree. So I couldn't have even imagine of going through wearing a corset. Have you ever worn a corset? No, never. I, I Like you, I'm more of a comfort uh, over style kind of gal. And I'm not saying, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying corsets are particularly stylish, but I just think they're really uncomfortable. They look really uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe some of our listeners have tried it and they beg to differ. Let us know. Maybe, yeah, it's true. Hey, each to their own. As we've learned from people who are going commando at this moment in time, <laughs> but also, um, so the corset, the corset favored so much because of the way that it shapes body. So in the 18th century, but the thing is that um, in the 20th century, a new straightforward corset was introduced. It was called the S bend corset, and this was because it pushed in the stomach, it pushed in the stomach and the pelvis, and then it pushed um, the bum backwards and your breasts forward, molding your body into an S. Now, that sounds all very well and good in theory, but it put enormous pressure on women's reproductive organs and caused major lower back pain because we're not supposed to look like that naturally. Um, so that was a bit of a, a bit of a problem. But of course, um, you know, this is always this has been a, a it's always gone with the different kinds of fashion for what people want to look like. But interestingly, as women began taking up more sports in the 19th century, sport corsets went into production and this included corsets for horse riding cycling and fencing so i mean at least that wasn't like a yoga corset because i feel that wouldn't have been very effective um and apparently um there was during the first world war women were given corsets made from paper twine in an attempt to keep up their morale because they actually felt undressed without them without wearing their undergarments which i mean if anyone's ever gone to a gym or to the beach or something and forgotten your pair of knickers or your 
bra or something and you've had to just like go bare under a t-shirt and you're like oh like you know you do feel a bit exposed there's something we have we have a complex don't we <laughs> as human beings when well most of us do as i mentioned oh, many people at many this point in time exactly <laughs> Um, of course, we couldn't talk about the history of underwear without talking about the humble loincloth, <laughs> yes. you know, which I mean is is yet to make the its way back cloth. into fashion, which would be hilarious now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just watching someone in a loincloth with a straight face? Um, but of course, uh, this was worn by ancient Egyptians, um, the Romans, um, and things like that. So a lot of people kind of wore just sort of like hanging stuff around their around their bits, I suppose. Um, and of course, during um, the Middle Ages, men wore these sorts of linen shorts, but women didn't really wear knickers until the 19th century. They just kind of wore this long linen garment called a shift, which they would wear underneath their dresses. Um, so it was just kind of like, I guess, an extra layer. But of course, when I when I read a lot of this stuff, a lot of this is coming from places that were very cold. So I imagine that people were really into layering up and wearing different kinds of underwear um, to keep warm, basically. Um, of course, everyone has their own unique underwear choices. Out of 125,000 women who were surveyed, 37% of women prefer bikini briefs, 22% of women prefer briefs, 19% of women prefer thongs, which I thought was actually quite a high percentage. That's quite a high percentage. Um, and 17% of women prefer boy shorts, and then there's a 4% who um, have the miscellaneous other styles that we can let our imagination go to what they're wearing. Yeah, so there's like there's obviously quite a big a big range of different different things that are there. Um, apparently, um, according to a doctor, Dr. Jennifer Baumgartner, she says that women wearing um, that underwear can let people signify how high maintenance you are. She said in a um, an interview that um, women who preferred simple like cotton white undies tended to be lower maintenance, no frills types. Um, and the simplicity of their underwear shows that they're comfortable with themselves and they can feel sexy without labeling their bum with something that says sexy girl or something like that. But I also think that, no, it sounds like you have a big sen good sense of humor if you're wearing a bright pink pair of underpants that said sexy girl. <laughs> I think like you'd, you'd be someone that would be worth spending time with. But um, high maintenance or not. Um, but the, it's a huge in industry, the underwear industry, of course, and we're we're quite familiar with this because of things like Victoria's Secret and all these like famous lingerie brands. Um, apparently, it's estimated that over thirty billion dollars is spent on underwear every year. So it's a it's a big industry. Um, people are not supposed to wear their underwear for as long as they do. That doesn't mean between washes. It means like having the same pair of underwear for like 10 years, of which apparently 20% of men confess to having <laughs> wearing true. the same men, pair. Yeah, men don't really throw away their underwear. Well, I'm generalizing, but I don't know if some <laughs> of our male it. audience. And, yeah, they just like to keep their yeah. boxes and underwear until the elastic is broken or I don't know. Yeah, oh, wait, I lied. 9% said that they have underwear that is at least 10 years old, but 15% have underwear that's between five and nine years yeah, old. So like... they're still like five years old, still quite a long time for a pair of underwear. And I have to say that like being the proud owner of a husband and having seen some of his saddest pairs of underwear, you do <laughs> you do think, yeah, you know, like you could, you could biff those ones though. You know what I mean? <laughs> you definitely could. Um, but yeah, and it's apparently, um, so there's lots of these interesting things. Of course, uh, people talk about the kinds of, uh, kind of like, 
colors of underwear people wear and things like that. But the one thing that I was really interested in reading about when I started researching this was the history of Y fronts. Y fronts? I haven't heard that term in so long. Apart from Y fronts, what else are they called? Um, Yeah, Y fronts. Any whiteies? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes. I can't say these things. I can't say these things. so apparently they were, okay, so this is the story, the story of the Y front. So settle into your boxes, briefs, or whatever else you're wearing, and I will tell you the story of the Y front. So <clears throat> it was a cold day, January 19th, 1935. In fact, it was a blizzard um, when a Chicago department store called Marshall Field and Co-, Co. displayed the first ever pair of Y fronts in its window. Soon after they did so, management were asked to be to take them down because they were deemed inappropriate for such a frosty morning in a windy city. But before that could happen, 600 pairs had already been sold. So they, there's a demand. Yeah, People like- they were in demand. 30,000 pairs blew off the shelves in the following three months, changing how we think about pants forever. Um, so apparently, Jockey, which is like obviously famous underwear brand Jockey, uh, their Y fronts were inspired by a postcard from the south of France, which showed a young man in a revealing swimsuit. And um, so, of course, we have uh, this is 1935. Um, these, you know, wars over. We have sort of these sort of carefree days where people hang out in jazz bars in Berlin and literary salons and everything starts to rebuild itself. And this is where the Y front emerged. And, and it was um, and it making sense really because in the years after the great white pants were much more economical with cotton than the very what we'd call wasteful long johns of yore so before people's underpants was actually a whole bodysuit which is a lot of fabric and you know like a lot of energy to make it Um, but totally um but the y fronts you know here comes this y front they're supportive they're sexy they're icons of modernity (laughs) and um and yeah so they've been around for a very very long time um and of course, uh, but this has obviously caused a lot of uh, different gaps between different demographics. So some people would sort of say that the Y front would symbolize discomfort, while, you know, like soft cotton boxes would be sort of loose fitting freedom and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, of course, it's it's quite funny because, you know, there's if you think about Y fronts today, they're rarely displayed on a body that isn't sculpted and adonis like <laughs> as an advert right you're not gonna have them as like a, a dad um, bod yeah they haven't really found their way into the body positivity movement mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably because they're just not particularly flattering um um but yeah of course um people still talk um that you know that they 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 have their pros um but they come with a lot of cons that they they are said to not be that comfortable um, that some of the showier models almost offer, and I quote, too much support. <laughs> so do with that what you will. Um, but of course, this is really interesting. So they've, they've been around for a really long time. Um, but of course, one thing that's given them a bit of PR is there's been some scientific research that too tight Y-fronts, Y-fronts that are too tight can decrease sperm count. Sperm count. I was just thinking about that, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, and of course, over the over the years, they are no longer viewed as cool interwar bohemian wonder pants. Um, they're kind of associated with like Homer Simpson eating donuts. So they've gone through a bit of a thing, which I think is quite fascinating. I don't know. Do you think? I don't know if they'll come back in style or not. Who knows? 
who knows? We'll just we'll just wait and see, really. I suppose I, if I you're going for a, a jog or if you're exercising, then yeah, I, I can see why you'd want something a bit sort of more hugging and more supportive. Yeah, I think supportive, yeah, yeah. supportive. Yeah, so I think <laughs> um, maybe that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think also it's like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of the way that our trends have moved. And it's the same thing has happened for women's lingerie and underwear as well. So, of course, what used to be Victoria's Secret used to be like um, push-up bras, everything bigger, more in control, more sculpted, more shaped. You have like culturally those things have changed too. So Wacol, the Japanese bra manufacturer, they have a bra design. Their most popular bra design is to actually minimize bust size. Um, you know, so it's like culturally we have different ideas around body perfection, stuff like that. And that obviously starts if you're starting to express your external appearance, it starts with what's underneath, not inside, which it should be, what's literally underneath your clothes. Um, but of course, we couldn't talk about underwear without talking about spanks, which have been this huge, oh, yes. which are huge, right? They were huge spanks that kind of like squeezing your body into a tube to get a size smaller for a perfect dress. And like we're talking about visible panty lines. Spanx were, I guess, invented for the person who had a couple of lumps and bumps they wanted to hide, but didn't really want to go commando to the Oscars, I suppose. Um, but so re- funny. So there, you know, you've got flab obscuring, body sculpting, bras and bodysuits, which has made this whole generation of women squeeze into tiny dresses. And I remember this. I remember being a teenager and desperately wanting like a pair of Spanx because the idea was that really? all this could be, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, come on. Like, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I can genuinely say I've never owned any. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've never owned any name brand Spanx. And now I fully embrace comfort under my clothes. But really interestingly, um, that whole idea of compression and trying to look perfect has actually just gone out of style. Women, I mean, they were hugely successful company. The founder of the company made millions, millions of dollars with the brand Spanx. But of course, they they kind of forgot that, you know, the conversation, um, it, it moved away from chasing the perfect figure to embracing real beauty and being yourself. And of course, it's very hard to be yourself if you're grumpy and uncomfortable because your pants are too tight. So, you know, it, it actually had to really, really change. Um, it had to really change its marketing and it had to sort of change its focus and its messaging as opposed to just squeezing yourself into something. One of the things they had on their packaging at one time was reshape the way you get dressed so you can shape the world <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to just reshape the way you dress you look a bit smaller, yeah. if you know what I mean. So, um, so it, it's quite interesting in that way that they've now um, had to change their marketing to be like soft, comfortable, ultra soft, dig free straps, everyday wear. Like they've changed their language. And like, obviously, I'm a copywriter by profession. So I'm super interested in this, my how I get my geek on. Um, but it's that kind of the, the way they've ch- changed that language to change the priority of what the consumer is looking for from their underwear. I think that's quite interesting. Just before we get to the quotes about the Spanx, I I have friends who, after giving birth, have embraced Spanx. This is what they wear. They they wear all the time to sort of get back into shape to a point where it becomes a regular part of their attire. Um, Sometimes I'm like, oh, you look really great. And all they say is Spanx. So there really? were Spanx underneath their clothes. Anyway, um, like you said, yeah. each to their own. I, I mean, I've never actually tried them on before. I'm just scared my my rolls will roll above the Spanx. But anyway, maybe I'll... <laughs> I'm just worried I won't be able to get them off again. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'll literally be all of them for a 
I'll become one of those statistics of people who never change with their underwear because I've had to be clinically cut out of them in a medical emergency. Anyway, moving on to some quotes. <laughs> moving on to some quotes. Um, I have a quote from Courtney Kardashian. He said, Mom always told us to wear pretty matching underwear. Oh, yes. um, so that's, um, you know, take it or leave it, that kind of maternal advice that really means something. Um, Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch thing, said, all that running around in my underwear put money in my pocket. I can focus on working on interesting movies without having to worry about supporting myself, which he doesn't realize is an underwear pun to talk about supporting, supporting yes. Anyway, <laughs> Dawn French said, that's the awful thing about dating, tight underwear. We would all like to be in a big bra and pants. And when you are in a secure relationship, you can do that. That's <laughs> There's some beautiful. hope out there for the dating, the people who are dating. There's some people are dating. I mean, me and you are really boring now, but other people are dating and have exciting lives like that. Um, Jerry Seinfeld said, men want the same thing from their underwear that they want from women. A little bit of support and a little bit of freedom. Oh, that's true. Well, you know, just because we're married, we can still embrace sexy underwear. I mean, it may not be the norm, but it can be the exception to the rule. As, yeah, as long as it's comfortable. Maybe I just wear giant underwear, but just like just put writing on it that says, this is sexy or something like that. Just be really direct. No subtle nuance. <laughs> uh, the writer Chris Perillo said, passwords are like underwear. You don't let people see it. You should change it very often and you shouldn't share it with strangers. You shouldn't share it with strangers. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, Cruz, yeah. always, so that, that's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for enlightening us with what lies beneath. Really enjoyed the history of <laughs> underwear and bras and, and uh, panties. There I said it, and, and I didn't giggle after I said it. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time this week, and I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you very much indeed. And See that's Cruzy McCalligan. Thank you very much.